Welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast. And welcome, welcome back to the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. Stuart with you here from Stuart Doing Stuff. I'm so glad that you tune in every day, every week, as many times as you can to kind of get caught up on what's happening in the world of RVing. And today we have a very special guest, Lynn Grogan. And this is going to be a long one, an exciting one. Why? Because we talk to a lot of people who have similar but different stories. A lot of them start out you know, it, it, a lot of them started out during COVID. A lot of I was one of them that kind of said, "Hey, I need to make a change in my life." This whole lockdown, remote work has kind of given me different perspective on what's important in my life. And we talk to a lot of people that are like that, but Lynn is not like that. She's been on the road for over ten years. That's right, ten years. She started full time RVing before it was cool to be a RV or, or a van lifer or a schoolier or whatever the thing she's been she's like I don't know even it's just it's so exciting to hear somebody who's been on the road for so long and he's seen so many changes in the RV lifestyle over the last decade she's just got everything that you know a lot of people strive to achieve in life and she's done it and she's going to share all of her secrets on how she's done it and how you can do it too ladies and gentlemen welcome to the program lynn grogan lynn welcome to rv dreaming thanks Stuart. appreciate it i was like i have um, secrets oh i didn't know that i'm sure you do but um, you yeah. may not have to reveal them all here maybe you can draw them out of me i don't know you've been on the road for almost 10 years which is a long yeah. time longer than yeah. a lot of people that are that have been on this program and you've gone through four rigs so I'm curious as to the rigs that you went through and the reasons why you made that change. Yeah, I am not much of a researcher. <laughs> I Okay, so to get my first rig, I legit, okay, so yeah, I started before RVing was cool. There weren't that many people on the road. And so I, there weren't that many resources either. And so um, I went online and I was kind of like, I'm sure I searched something like solo, female, RV, travel. And I saw two different women. Um, they were, I don't think either of them are on the road these days, but one was RV Sue and the other one um, went by Interstellar Orchard. And they were both in casitas. And I was like, well, if they're doing it in a casita, that'll be okay for me. And then I just decided that that's, that's all the research I did. I was like, these people <laughs> seem to like it. I will do this too. And so I found one and I had never been in an RV before. I had never towed anything, not an RV or anything, never backed anything up. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to wing it and I'm going to figure it out. And there were a lot of like mini disasters along the way, but I did figure it out and people were very helpful. You know, that research of it must be good enough for them. It's good enough for me. Sometimes works, yes. sometimes doesn't. Mm -hmm. Did it work for you? Ish. You know what I didn't take into consideration, and I think probably more people take this into consideration, is that I actually had to work on the road, and casitas were at that time really hard to find, and I probably still today, too, because they're, I didn't know this, but they're like, they hold their value, and, mm -hmm. you know, they're quite desirable, and you can pull them with something like a forerunner, which is what I had at the time, and I didn't consider that I should hold out for a layout that actually had a table and chair set up. I was just like, I'll just take whatever casita I could find that's near enough that, you know, I could go there. Um, I didn't have a tow vehicle at the time. So I rode my sister's uh, husband's truck and, you know, I was just like, all right, well, it's got to be near North Carolina, which is where I was at the time. And so 
I found one, but it was mostly bed and benches. And so while it was like 85% there, if I had kept that rig, I would have probably either kept it and, you know, modified it in some way, or I would have traded in for something else because it really wasn't conducive to working on the road. That's yeah. the that's one of the big things. A casita is casita, but the floor plans, just like any RV, has so many different floor plans. It could be overwhelming mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And again, I was like total scarcity. I was like, every time something came online, I was like, I got to call. I got to get on this and like make it happen. Yeah. It was like such a nice couple that sold it to me. Like they cried when they gave it to me, which oh. I think a lot of people can relate to. You really fall in love with your rig. <laughs> Or maybe they cried Um, because it's like, finally, we passed it off onto someone else and we don't have that headache anymore. Maybe. I know. (laughs) they. I didn't negotiate with them at all. And they were like, oh, okay, listen, we have it advertised for 8,000, but we're going to give it to you for seven. So maybe it was something (laughs) like that. Maybe they were like, please, we don't want the headache. You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And thanks for listening. Up and leave. Take a lot of courage just to picture I could see if I just close my eyes have the foresight to believe time don't move backwards it speeds me to the future fearlessly charging forward when I open my mouth though I may not know how
dreamingdreaming.tv. Remember to hit that subscribe button. I met my husband through online dating. He was in Arkansas and he was not on the road at all. Had never been on the road, also had never been in an RV. So dating looked like us hitting it off on one date and being like me being like, yeah, I'll pull my trailer into your driveway and we'll see if it works. And if it does, great. And if not, I'll just pack up and go. We've never like lived apart while dating which is kind of a weird thing, but mm -hmm. um, it worked out. And then when I convinced him to come on the road with me, we collectively had three dogs. And so it really wasn't gonna work in the casita. So what did you move into then? We moved into a fifth wheel. It was a called Starcraft Aruba. I've ne only ever seen one other of these in the world. It was like on the side of the road. So um, it was just like a three season fifth wheel. It was what we could afford at the time, which was, you know, most people, that's what they have to take in consideration. And so, um, and I had never experienced a fifth wheel before, so it was pretty intimidating. But after walking in a lot of RVs, the floor plan just felt really nice because of the separate bedroom and the amount of space that it had. That is what we went into. And, you know, it was like starting RVing all over again because the casino is very user friendly, even for yeah. somebody who'd never been in one before. But a fifth wheel is kind of like wrapping your head around the hitch and all that setup. And you know what? I actually didn't know that leveling an RV was a thing until about a year in. When I was in like a very unlevel <laughs> RV spot and they're the, and the campground owner's like, no, we're not going to move you to a new spot. You have to level your RV. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was a year in like, this is how newbie I was. But yeah, I mean, that's how easy casitas are versus say a fifth wheel where there's lots of leveling involved. Yeah. And you know what? If you were able to go a whole year on that rig without having to worry about leveling, that's that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And you were in that rig for how long? That's a good question. I think almost three years. And we were, you know, it was largely animal driven. And I don't know if you've chosen rigs based on because I know you have your cats. But I got the cats. Yeah. So it's largely animal driven. And we were like, oh, this is great. I think about maybe, yeah, two or two and a half years into having them, they both passed away within a month of each other. And then after that, it was like, well, maybe we don't need this much space. And then so. you decided to downsize? We did. We <laughs> went to a 26 foot born free, which they don't make those anymore. It was like a 26 year old motorhome, and it was, yeah, 26 feet. So it was quite small. And then we had to modify it quite a bit to like make workspace and everything for us. But our thought was, like, oh, this will be great. We'll be like footloose and fancy free, be able to go everywhere and pull in anywhere. But we didn't take into consideration as when you get a really old motorhome that comes with a very old engine. And so there were a lot of breakdowns along the way with that. Um, so I do not recommend an older motorhome. You should get something like what Stuart has, which I think you have like a probably a newer <laughs> sprinter. But and it was just really much smaller than we considered when you're living in it full time. Um, and we didn't have a toad either. So there's like, oh. I don't know if you have a, do you have a toad? No, I don't. Not yeah. in the van. So there's I don't. A yeah. So you're kind of limited in a lot of ways when you don't, when you don't have that. You either drive your rig or you walk or if you have a bike or something, but it just wasn't as conducive as we wanted it to be. Well, I was in that 40 foot Super C beforehand. So driving around in the yeah. 24 foot van is like a piece of cake. <laughs> so. It's like, wee. <laughs> so you moved into that and now you're in the grand design mm -hmm. that's your fourth rig yes so now we're back into a fifth wheel so we during the pandemic we're just like oh my god what the hell is happening in the world uh we bought a house neither of us had ever owned a house before and we thought that you know this maybe this is a good move maybe we would end up doing like a hybrid lifestyle where we live for half a year and get on the road but you know we realized pretty quickly that like houses don't go anywhere and they're actually a lot of work and so <laughs> we're like this is not worth it and you have the same neighbor 
lovers all the time. So, love them or love them was, or hate them. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Right. So. And it was not going anywhere. And it was old. It was like we should have learned more from our motor home. We got like a hundred year old house and it was similar situation. We we're constantly trying to fix it. It was like dream situation. I'm glad we did this because it was like our dream house. It was old and quirky and vintage and there was a huge lawn for gardening and you could walk into town and everything. But it was like, I don't know if you stayed like stationary at any point, if you traveled for a while, just get like really itchy to go somewhere. And like, so there was a lot of complaining because we're like, well, nah, meh, it's like the pandemic and meh, like we're in <laughs> lockdown and this house doesn't go anywhere. And so we lasted, uh, we did like two years in a day so that we didn't get charged capital gains tax on our house sale. Ah. <laughs> but we were emotionally ready to go after about six months. I had to get off. The, I didn't really get off the road, but I got called back to my old job for about four months or so. And I was still yeah. just living in the van in my parking lot, but I still had that tether. I couldn't really go away, not even on like two day, three day weekend trips. For the first week or so, it was cool to be back and not have to be worrying about where I'm going to drive or where I'm going to be. Or But yeah, by like mm -hmm. week two or week three, I was like, I got to go. You, you get that itch. And you're yeah, like, I know. And it's just weird. I never had yeah. that before. I was always more of that comfort. I like the routines. I like kind of sitting around and all that. So it was weird to kind of get that claustrophobic kind of like, I got to get out of this town. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a dopamine head of travel. Like, you know, you get the, like you go to new places, you meet new people. And yeah. like when you stay in one place, it's you don't have that dopamine mm -hmm. hit. And so yeah. you've, you, you definitely feel the loss of it. So having done the RV life and doing the house life thing and, and having the, the home not go the way that you had anticipated, mm -hmm. have you totally written off home ownership? in the future or is that still something you might go well we'll see how life turns out or what do you think well okay you're asking at a funny time because we spend been trying to spend summers near family so we we were in we're like all right we'll go to missouri for the summer we'll hang out with family and they surprised us like a month ahead of time they said hey surprise we're all moving to minnesota so we have spent the summer helping you know family members you know we're so grateful that we could be here to help them but we've been helping people move for the summer and we were reminded once again of <laughs> how much stuff one person can own <laughs> and the trials and tribulations of homeownership. So yeah. we're just like no new homes ever. But <laughs> I think it. at some point, yeah, I mean, at some point we might want some land, but our current thought is that we have still one dog with us and she's probably around nine or 10. And I think maybe post dog, we would do some international travel. And so, I think we're just wanting to stay flexible, as flexible as we can right now, but who knows, that can all change in time. You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. We're going to talk to Lynn about what it's been like being on the road for 10 years and the changes she's seen coming up next.
join the conversation. Leave us a voice message on our hotline. 714-623-9824. That's 714-623-9824. 714-623-9824. Leave us a voice message. You might just hear yourself on an upcoming episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Lynn Grogan. Lynn is a full-time traveler. And this is what my question was. You mentioned that you started getting on the road about a 10 years ago, 2014. And that was mm-hmm. way back before it was kind of cool. I think you said that because there's a lot of people on the program that travel that started during the pandemic. You you were way ahead of that curve. You you were full-time RVing way before people even thought about it. Why yeah. did you decide to do that when I'm sure, it you know, van life wasn't even a thing back then. A lot of the younger, you know, the things that, that just wasn't even on a lot of people's radars, but you did it. You, you you did it when yeah. it wasn't that thing. So why? What, what was it that made you want to start? A lot of things, but I, I've pretty much lived unconventionally since I was 18. Like I've done lots of random things along the way. And I grew up in Wisconsin. I won't go through the whole story, but I was living in the Bay Area for about five years. And at the end of that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drive buy a car and I'm going to drive across country and just see like if anything sparks my interest and like find a new place to live essentially. And it was so fun. Like I had not owned a car for 12 years. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I have this car and I'm traveling. And it was like two months of absolute bliss. Yeah. And I ran out of money around North Carolina, which is where my sister lives. And I was like, ah, I guess I'll get a job here in North Carolina. And so I got this job at a software company and great job, you know, cute little town and everything that I lived in. But I just started reflecting on all the places that I had lived over the years. And I was like, nothing ever felt like me. It never felt like I really fit in. It just didn't really like, I just felt like I could never get settled in. When I like started to kind of figure out what was next, I think I was around 32 or 33. I reflected back to the time when I was on the road trip and I was like, well, that's the time I felt more most free and I felt most myself, like free to be myself. So at that point I had a dog and I was like, well, I don't want to just like have a dog in a car and Airbnb wasn't a thing at the time, I don't even think. And so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And so I must have must have seen something online or somewhere in the world where I was like, well, maybe I would get an RV and then I could have my dog in the RV with me. I think what was most interesting about the transition, because I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I did not have a remote friendly job at the time, but I did work in software and all the I'm not a software developer. I, I was a office manager of this place at the time, and I was really trying to brainstorm ways of getting on the road. And I was like, okay, this one piece of my job could be done remotely. And so I went into my boss and I was like, I want to quit everything except for organizing these software conferences. And luckily they said yes. So. I had a way to work on the road. I had a way to get out there, but I think it was hard getting on the road because there weren't a lot of resources. There wasn't like escapers. There was escapees, but not escapers at the time. And I just thought it was gonna be so fun immediately. And I think what was hard about it is I got on the road and it was January and I was like so lonely right away. I just like had never experienced like loneliness in the way that I did because I was just like on my own, not knowing knowing what I was doing. And it felt like I was like making a mistake. I was like, oh my gosh, did I just do the worst thing ever? And I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to about it because most people would just be like, well, if you're so lonely, then why don't you get back into a house or an apartment and go like live normal life? And so it just kind of felt like really isolating and stuff. But there was a part of me that was like, you know what? 
I did have fun on the road and I did figure this out. You know, maybe if I stick with, with this, I'll figure it out. I don't know. I just knew that I was going to probably have to work hard to figure out some sort of lifestyle if it was going to be living someplace or on the road. And I just knew that the area in which I wanted to cultivate a life was on the road. And so I just was like, all right, this is part of it, feeling lonely sometimes. That's one of the big questions people say is, is especially you started as a solo and so am I, it's like, do you get lonely? Yeah. And sometimes you can feel that way, for me at least, but a lot of times, no. A lot of times, loneliness for me is a choice. Like after Mm. a big event or after being around, so I was like, I just need to disappear for a few days, quiet my brain for a bit, because people travel in a lot of different ways. And a lot of times I'm at a festival or I'm at a rally or I'm at this or that. There's a lot of people and it's a lot of go, go, go. And after a week of that, you just need like a few days to get away. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and all that. So to me, it's not lonely, maybe because now I know I have options. If I want to be somewhere where there's a lot of people, I know where to go. And if I want to be by myself, I know where to go. I think people just have to maybe take the pressure off of it. It's like, this doesn't, it's okay. If you show up and you're a little bit awkward or, well, okay, that's speaking from my own experience. Like if you have forgotten how to like have conversations sometimes or whatever, it doesn't have to be the most perfect thing ever or who cares what they think about you after the fact. It's just going out there and being amongst the humans and then you mm-hmm. get better at it as you go along. I think that was a part of it for me. You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. You've been on the road for 10 years and I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes with the RV camping people, the lifestyle. What are some of the biggest things that you've noticed that shocked you about, you know, this lifestyle? I mean, now it's like there are just so many more people on the road. There's more competition getting RV spots than I was used to because I'm, you might be able to tell from this conversation, like kind of fly by the seat of my pants, figure it out as I go kind of person. I don't like making a lot of reservations ahead of time. So there's a little bit more planning that I have to do that I didn't have to do before. I think surprising, we went to our first bash what year is it? This year. So I was at the escapees rally when they announced escapers, but it wasn't until like, it was a couple years later that they actually started doing events and stuff. And so just timing wise, we were just never around for things. I think that was surprising to me to show up and, you know, like to go from the escapees rally where everybody's like kind of treating you like a zoo animal. You're like, oh my God, you're a young person at this event. Who are you? You know, to <laughs> now everybody's like kind of working a, you know, like there's a good range at, yeah. at the escapers bash, but there were just so many people. I was like, what? There's like 400 people here or plus. And so I think that was a surprise to me too is, oh, it's so much easier to meet people on the road than it, it felt before. Because a lot of times it would be like, you'd look around and you'd be like, oh, okay. Like there's people to talk to, but you wouldn't necessarily find that other person who is traveling for, you know, any length of time um, that was more working age. I was just going to say too, is for, we were not actually set up to boondock until right before bash. And I know for, you know, being on this is amazing to me that this long on the road without actually doing it because now it's like so awesome but we had one lithium battery from battleborn and we had one like one solar panel that we just set out like one of the deployables i think um blocking out maybe just like a renegy one and we were able to make it work for the whole time like both bash and after the bash and so i think for anybody who's just like well i can't do that until i have a whole full solar setup like you could get it this weekend if you wanted to and you know get it you know and there was a little technical know-how in there but um i think that for some people that feels like a restriction there like oh if i don't have that or a generator i can't do these things but we were able to make it work on very little find us online rvdreaming.tv remember to hit that subscribe button we're going to wrap things up here with lynn grogan coming up next 
we're gonna talk about her pet peeves and the things that just really tick her off. Where did all the times go? When did they all pass by? How did I get so lost in a blink of an eye gone? You were just here by my side, everything was nice now. RVers are doing or especially you know people that are out there that just yeah. drive you batty so. oh man I okay mansplaining in general <laughs> I get this I got it a lot solo it starts from the like buying process into the RVing process so I'm our income earner for our family and so every single rig that we bought together it was like everybody's looking at my husband and asking him questions and what do you want sir and how can we help you sir and I'd be like sitting there waving kind of going hi I I'm over here and I have questions and I have know-how as well. And so 
I felt like there was situ, and we're, you know, maybe it's the area of the world we were buying it in, but I kind of felt like, oh, little lady, you probably just want to make sure that everything's the right colors. Like I got a little bit of that. Another pet peeve of mine is when we're setting up at the RV spot or hitching up to leave. When we're setting up, my husband and I have a system, you know, I'm pretty good at backing him in and everything. And people like I've had people just kind of jump in the way and like kind of try to guide him in like we like I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing or he doesn't know what he's doing. And so um, I see that as such a big safety concern. So I will always speak up uh, or 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 we will ignore that person entirely because sometimes at RV parks they are required to back you in for insurance reasons. But it does bother me when, you know, somebody will jump in and try to overthrow that process when we have our way of doing things and it's been very safe for us. And so I think that gets to be, that gets, that gets to me like, but I'm not, I'm not shy about saying something um, or if somebody's trying to like chat as I'm setting up or as we're setting up and we haven't gotten everything like just so, I'll be like, I'd love to talk to you but in five minutes because it's so easy to forget something. Oh yeah. If you're if you're like distracted and you can't go through like your checklist, we've got a few more minutes here. Is there anything else that you want to share? Anything else that you want to talk about? Any other advice maybe you might want to give to somebody who's thinking about hitting the road? Well, I know for a lot of people like um, employment is really like something that weighs on your mind. How am I going to make money on the road? How am I going to do it? Um, I started out W-2, went to contractor and I like I now have my own business. I've seen every way, shape or form. I don't know what I was going to say about this here. It's just, I think it's a lot of it is a leap of faith. Most recently, I've just like launched my own life coaching business. And after having been employed as a life coach for a super long time, and I think it's just really one of the things that's awesome about this lifestyle is you learn to like be resilient, believe in yourself, have flexibility, get creative. And I think if you can lean on those things when you're thinking about like, well, how am I going to make money? It's like, you already have some of that those skill sets there. So it's like you kind of figure, I don't know, figure it out that way, right? You can lean on the resilience, um, the creativity there. So work and connectivity are always on top on people's mind. And I think that maybe the biggest takeaway there is just ask questions to people, get in those groups, search anything you have questions about. Somebody has asked it before you. And so I have yet to see any questions asked where you're not like, yeah, there's answers for that out there. You just have to search for a little bit. So I think it's like that's one of the things that's like keeping you off the road or, you know, your hesitancy is there's a lot of resources out there for people. You just go yeah. looking for them. I have yet to come across the job that people are doing on the road or at least in an industry that they can't take remote. There's certain things that you just can't do. You can't be a right. heart surgeon and, and be nomadic. Right. I mean, there's just certain things that you just you just can't do. But I found people who are teachers who work in the education field. Yeah. Uh, other people in the medical field uh, that have gone remote. I've met people in a lot of different industries where they used to think that their job couldn't be remote or their industry or their skills mm -hmm. couldn't translate into a remote work job. And they can. I just think about this all the time because I'm like, I've created most of the last several jobs I've had, even when I was employee. And like I said, with my first job, I just walked in and said, hey, what if I did this small part of my job remote? So even if it wasn't like designed to be a remote gig, you can often get creative and you just have to sell them on it of like why this is the best thing ever for them. And with remote work becoming a lot more popular and a lot more mainstream now because of COVID, it's probably an easier conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know anybody 10 years ago. Like there was, it was like you had your own company or you got, I don't know, you were like some sort of freelance something or another. And so now it's just amazing to me. There's so many options. 
Lynn, thanks so much for joining us today on the RV Dreaming Podcast. If people wanted to get in touch with you, they have questions for you, they want to follow you. Yeah. How can people do that? Yes, I am on Instagram at Lynn Grogan, just my name. My website's lynngrogan.com. My name is unique enough that you should be able to find it most of the places, I think. And we will also link it down in the description notes below. If you're listening on one of our podcast partners, you can find it in there. We'll link it up as well. So um, you don't even need to know how many ins are in her first name. <laughs> you can just <laughs> go and uh, yes. you can just go and click on the show notes and um and link it there and we'll put all that information in our in uh, down there for you to have easy access to. Lynn, awesome. again. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your insight. You've been there. You've done that. You've you've got that insight that everybody wants to know. And I just thank you for sharing a little bit of that with us today here on the RV Dreaming Podcast. Thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. Be sure to check out Lynn Grogan's sites and all of her links in the show notes below. She'll give you every information that you would possibly ask for. And her just wealth of knowledge is just amazing. I was really excited to have her on the program. That's going to do it for today's episode of the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. I'm Stuart from Stuart Doing Stuff. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. And until we meet next time, enjoy your travels. Make them safe, make them fun, and make them memorable. Thanks for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart Doing Stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode.